This is Associations Thrive, the podcast celebrating successful associations and their leaders. I'm your host, Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker at Matrix Group International. Welcome to the pilot. And let me tell you the story behind Associations Thrive. And in order to do that, let me introduce my team, Leah and Ray. This whole thing started about 10 years ago. We were in our marketing meeting discussing how our webinar lineup was looking for the quarter. We were brainstorming ideas and we thought we regularly meet with clients to share the new and innovative things that their association peers are doing in the digital space and beyond. And we thought, why are we limiting this to our clients in a one-on-one conversation? Like the world needs to hear this. So we decided to hold a webinar showcasing the cool things our clients were doing to better serve their members, grow their organizations, and generate more revenue. That webinar turned out to be a smashing success. And the case study format is so useful because we get to really go deep with these executives. We're able to start from the beginning and drill into their biggest problems that they have, what's giving them heartburn, what's keeping them up at night. And I think really when we unpack more about the challenges that they're facing, it helps us make it really tangible. Moreover, I think we find the behind the scenes details to be really important. That's what we're hoping to share with you in this podcast. It's super helpful to get tactical with these conversations. We talk about specific tool sets, different websites, different apps that you find helpful, messaging strategies, sound bites, figuring out what really works and also being honest and staying nimble about where we might need to change some of our strategies. So fast forward to 2022, again, we were doing some planning and someone said, why not do a podcast? Then we talked about how a podcast might be a new way to showcase the amazing things that associations and nonprofits are doing. Yeah, and with that, we decided to not just talk to our clients, but to talk to CEOs, executive director, and presidents of associations all over the country that we don't currently work with, and frankly, all over the world too. I was skeptical at first, you guys know that, and I asked, does the world need another podcast? We looked around and we felt like there's room for another podcast because, you know, we have the opportunity to really get specific about people that are looking for what's effective out there, especially with associations and what people are doing to thrive. And there's a lot of different tech and media and culture podcasts that are out there for now. But getting into the real details in the association world, I think is really important. And that's really where we're hoping to find our audience. Not to mention the fact that podcasts are just huge and growing in popularity. I know that I consume them, you know, voraciously. Me too, Joanna. So here we are, launching the pilot for Associations Thrive. And boy, do we have an amazing lineup of association execs that I'll be interviewing. Well, Joanna, let's kick it off hearing from you. You spend a lot of time meeting and working with association executives. What do you think is the state of associations right now? Personally, I think the state of associations and nonprofits is strong and getting stronger. During the pandemic, people really look to their associations and their charities for guidance and for community. I mean, I know that our clients work their butts off. And now that the pandemic is waning, they're stronger than ever and better for the pivots and the experiments that they had to make. Also, I think our communities need these organizations more than ever because the need is so great in so many areas. You know, if you think about it, whether it's making sure our food supply is safe, making sure our students get the personalized education they need, or making sure the homebound get fed, associations and nonprofits just do amazing work in our communities, and we are grateful to them. Wow, amazing, Joanna, as always. 
you recently had the chance to also chat with some association experts about their opinions about the state of associations. I did. Let's hear what they have to say. So I'm here with James Marquis, who is CIO of 501 Works. James, what's the state of associations? Hi, Adriana. Thanks for having me on today. I think the state of associations is fairly interesting right now, and it kind of cuts two ways. Coming out of the pandemic, I think there is this pent-up need for innovation and pent-up need for change because the pandemic hit and everyone had to hunker down and sort of survive that initial body blow of, we can't have our in-person meetings, we can't go to our offices, and all of the things that came along with that. And so there was this concentrated period of change. Now we're past that. And I think people are looking around and they're like, what comes next? Their members are experiencing things in different ways, ultimately their customers. And I think that they're looking to see how they can take that innovation and keep it going and really start to handle their members in a different way because they have to. Members are no longer content. You know, some are still on travel restrictions. Some are still, I think, apprehensive about getting together in person. And so I think they are looking for new ways to get information in front of their members in meaningful ways. And that's not just a one or two day meeting. That's, you know, how do we take advantage of these changes and really make information and our mission more top of mind to people year round, not just when we're having meetings and events. So James, can you think of something that an association is doing that's helping them do that? What's a good idea that you've seen recently? So I think associations, they sit at a very interesting nexus because so many associations, because we're nonprofits and because Really, we see information coming at our members from all sorts of different angles. I think associations are in a fabulous position to help their members, in many cases, understand the information overload that is impacting all of us. So we have one group that is essentially starting to put together a resource center. These are vetted material. We all think of it as being able to go to an association website, log in and see information, but they're really taking it to the next level and almost curating it like a librarian would. They're looking at how to facet that information and make it available to their members. They're looking at how it would interplay between different levels of members, the new person in the industry versus the industry veteran. I think folks that do that or organizations that start to look at that and say, you know what, as an association, we can really help shape the conversation in our industry in a meaningful way. That's one of the things that some of our groups are doing, and I think it's going to have some good legs to it once it gets launched and out there. Let's hear from Terry Carden, who's CEO and creator of Review My AMS, AMS Fest, 100 Reviews, and Nandusapalooza. Terry, what is the state of associations? Thanks so much, Joanna, for asking. So whenever you asked me to be a part of this conversation, I started thinking about the last few years with associations. And one thing stuck out in my mind that I keep going back to as a gift of the pandemic. And that is authenticity is winning. And I think that associations have had this 
tried and true, and I hate to even use the word stodgy here, but, you know, a stuffy mentality on how they're communicating and reaching their members and their prospective members and people in industry. And I think what the pandemic did was it broke so many barriers that we were now sitting in each other's living rooms. You know, we were able to have access to seeing people's pets and seeing people's livelihoods. And it just really broke down some of the stuffiness and some of the over-professionalism, if you will, of what associations have historically done. And I think that was one of the gifts of the pandemic. And what we're seeing now, though, is that associations found that the engagement with their members and with their prospects, that that authenticity or that level of transparency, that level of exposure to the reality of and the woes of what is happening within the industry was exactly what brought people together. And so historically, I don't think associations had been given a gift where we had to level all of the walls so that we're all in the same playing field and all in you know, each other's bedrooms, dining rooms, and workspaces at home. And what was super cool is that the pandemic gave us this opportunity to see each other in different lights. And now we're not giving it up. You know, it's almost the leaders who have stepped into a role to say, hey, we believe in authenticity and transparency here. And we stand beside that. And we believe in that. And we as an association, are doing the best that we can is what humans have craved. And I think associations have missed that spot over the last many, many years. And so what's been super cool is now with this gift of transparency and authenticity and being able to try new things and take risks, what's come from that is this playground of ideas So associations have been given the grace to be able to try new things. And associations are in a completely new space now where we have got to target the audiences of our industries in a completely new way. So what I'm hearing is that the pandemic really allowed these organizations to kind of show off their warts, if you will, be authentic. The members are eating it up. So what are you seeing associations do with this that's helping them thrive? Long gone are the days where you can't just throw spaghetti at the wall. It's now okay that organizations, authoritative organizations, can fail. And they can fail in the public eye because that's all part of the transparency and authenticity. I was privy to a conversation the other day, and someone said something like, what if it doesn't work? And they said, well, you know, we've already told our members that this is beta, that we're just trying this that this is a trial and people love getting involved in something that is new and something that's exciting and something that could be and being a part of those grass, the ground floor, being a part of the ground floor effort. And so I think we're seeing more engagement from associations members because they want to be a part of these new projects. So let's hear from Wes Trokel, who's president of Effective Database Management. Wes, what's the state of associations? 
something that struck me as we come out of the pandemic, this was always true before, but it's become, seems to have come to the top again is just what I would call control of data. I think the pandemic drove this in part. This seems like a simple example, but it's a big one, I think, is that any association that shipped anything like a magazine and suddenly realized, wait a minute, my members are not at the office anymore. And so now I need a home address and I don't have a home address because why would I have ever collected home addresses? So again, just a simple but real example of how the pandemic changed how people were working and where they were working, obviously, and how the associations would communicate with them. And so again, that all redounds to what kind of data do we have and what kind of control do we have over that data? So that's something that I've seen rise to the top here, again, as a result of all the changes that are happening at the association's members, offices or homes or whatever it is. And then related to that is, I just see this a lot more than I ever had before, wanting a better view of the member holistically. And so we've got so much more technology, so doing so many other things. So that all gets back to integration and where do we put all that data and where you know, is that data accessible? And I think just, again, most associations, especially maybe coming out of the pandemic, doing all kinds of other things they had never done before. And when you do things that generates data almost by definition, and so now I've got all this other data what can I do with that? How do I get access to that? How do I make that part of the bigger picture of the member, whether it's an individual membership or an organizational membership? So Wes, can you think of a client that has gleaned some amazing insights and are doing something really innovative with that data? So not a client of mine, but I saw a presentation at ASA's annual where they were talking about their membership is in healthcare, but was in a gray area of not really healthcare providers like credentialed, you know, MDs, not doctors, not nurses, but not people who get to stay home either. So they're people who actually work in hospitals. And so what, what they discovered was because they were, especially I think because they're in the gray area, that their members, they didn't know how to feel. They didn't know what they should feel about themselves because they're not being treated quite as essential, but not being allowed to stay home either. And realized, okay, let's stop selling stuff and let's just talk to them. And so they kind of opened up these lines of communication where they would do quick one question surveys and to ask, again, it wasn't about how can we create a new product? It was more, we're here for you because you are our community. And they got really positive response from that. People literally saying, I didn't know who else to talk to because no one else was experiencing what I was experiencing. But of course, all their other members were. And so they created community, not by using an online community, but really just kind of talking very simply meaning that they weren't sending 10 question questionnaires. It was like one or two question questionnaires. And again, getting that back and then feeding that back out to them very quickly. And so you got this quick feedback loop that they didn't have before. To me, that was very, it was fascinating because what the association did was they responded to their market. Instead of just saying, we should always do it. You know, we do this because we're going to sell stuff or we do this because we have to push membership. And they said, we need to just stop and think about what our members are experiencing and serve as a truly as a community, which is what associations really should be. Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership, generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? 
Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. I'd love to connect with you. Please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye.